Hello everyone. When looking back at 2020, it's hard to remember everything that happened. On one hand, it was a year of procrastination and reflection. With other words, our lives were put on hold. On a society level though, it was so much that happened that it's hard to recall even bigger events and debates. One of the many storms on social media came from the arts sector, my sector when we were told in September by the government that our jobs are not viable. If we were lucky, we managed to get another job to cover us during the pandemic. However, some people managed to stay within the creative sector, and today I'm speaking to Funcho, who managed to grow an impressive model career in 2020. Apart from discussing the problematic industry in terms of body image, we also talk about tokenism, and if there's a correlation between her fast-growing career and the Black Lives Matter movement. We talk about holding companies accountable, but also the importance of representation for younger generations. Being vocal about representation is nothing new for Funcho. She shares my passion for art and activism, and we talk about her amazing collective at Dorado, London a community for black women and women of colour who practice any kind of art form. It's a safe space for them to share their work and you can find links to it in the show notes. The music you're about to hear is by the wonderful Tilda Alley. My name is Fanny Beckman and this is Women and My Generation. Good, I'm good. It's uh, really warm. Today, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I just apologise because we're sitting in my bedroom this time actually, and it's super hot. But I live just by a train station, so I kind of have to keep the door shut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we just had a photo shoot. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we've been talking about this for like a year now. So. And now it's yeah. I think because of COVID, only now are things starting to come to fruition that maybe were planned like a year ago. Yeah. So it's it's really funny that way. Yeah. Well, I'm super happy with the photos. Oh, I can't wait to see yeah. them. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible because we know each other a bit from Brighton. Mm. So I took photos of you back in. Like 2016 must have been because it was shortly yeah. after I moved to the UK. And I was in my second year of uni and I graduated two years ago now. That's crazy. So, yeah, well, I was probably like 19 or 20. Wow. Yeah, and I'm 24 now. So much has changed though. I just like, when I took photos of you today, I could tell like there's a massive difference because you were a bit like insecure back then, a bit shy. Yeah. But obviously now you work as a model. It's a completely different <laughs> How times have changed, yeah. yeah. I was even thinking that. I was like, I wonder what you're thinking, like, as I'm moving around. Because I remember that first shoot. Mm. I literally didn't know what I was doing. I was, like, sat in the same pose for, like, five, you know, ten seconds, and then mm. I'd move. Like, I was quite static. <laughs> but 
Nice. I mean, nice. those photos are still on my website, actually. Oh. I'm super happy with it. Oh. <laughs> that, that's good then. At yeah. least at my worst, I was still okay. <laughs> yeah, you had it even back then. <laughs> but it's funny, obviously, I just mentioned that you work as a model, and it's quite recently that you started to do it. Mm. Um, and, you know, obviously, I follow you on Instagram, and I see you have different shoots pretty much every day. So. Yeah. 2020 was a crazy year for all of us, but it turned out to be a quite good year for you. Yeah. Um, so how did it all start with like your model career? So before COVID, like, I was working in, I worked at, in a kitchen at a yoga studio. I worked at Lush um, and I do it part time while I get, you know, the odd modeling gig. It wouldn't be enough to, to pay for, for my living for the month. So I'd have those side jobs. Um, and then we went into lockdown. I literally didn't make anything. I think I made like 50 quid from selling a photo of myself in a face mask to a company. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I was living off my savings. And then I think because of Black Lives Matter, suddenly, out of nowhere, I was suddenly working like five days a week, sometimes six or seven, wow. just nonstop from June. When things started to open up, it was like boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. Like, And I also think it wasn't just because of Black Lives Matter I also think that I had taken the time during lockdown to look into myself a little bit more to confront things that you know you suppress because you're living your every day and I think that I was in a better headspace and had more confidence in myself to put myself out there and to feel my best and I think that's also why I was getting the work um so yeah I I'm very, very grateful that it's mm. it's all come. Um, but that's how it, it, it went, really. Like, it went from zero to 100. Yeah. Um, nothing really... So did you happened. contact model agencies, or how did that happen? Um, well, I was doing it freelance mm. uh, for... I would say from when I graduated uni, that's when I was getting paid jobs. Oh, OK. Um, before that, it was, like, hobby. You know, you know when we shot together, it was, like, um, the guy I was dating at the time suggested I should be a model and I was like I don't really want to be in that industry but I started to think oh well I'll get some photos my portfolio I don't mind being in front of the camera um and then it was yeah it was when I got to my final year of uni I started to get paid jobs with quite big brands like I think one of the first jobs I got was with Neutrogena wow yeah and it was off a Facebook group it was like a feminist Facebook group I don't think they have it anymore it got I think it was bossy Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm, I recognise that. So they, I think they've shut it down because uh, there was so much fighting and things on it. So they just oh, shut it down. So, such a yeah, shame. Because there were so many creatives on there. There mm. were photographers, models, actors, like all women just like collaborating with mm. each other um, or giving each other jobs or saying, oh, I've seen this job. Uh, we want to look for someone in this industry. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, that was one of the first jobs I got. And I got that freelance and then I started to get other jobs freelance um, through Facebook groups, through word of mouth, uh, Instagram. And then in March 2020 was when I took it all to an agency, which is my first agency. And I said, look, I've worked with all these um, brands. I've this is my portfolio. And they were just like, oh, well, you're already working. So we have no reason we shouldn't sign you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that was the first time I got signed by an agency it's funny as well because I'd been scouted since I was 16 17 okay. and I'd always be rejected because it was either that I was too big to be a straight size model mm-hmm. or too small to be a plus size model because mm. I was like a size 10 to 12 yeah, yeah when I was you know 
16, 17. Mm. So, and, yeah, before we started recording, you kind of mentioned uh, that you have been, you know, told by other people, not by your agency, but, you know, doing Fashion Week and all that, that you, you're too big to do that kind of jobs. Mm. It sounds horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I think I am grateful that I'm in the industry now, because mm. if I was in the industry when I was that age, when I was 16, 17, like, even up to 21, mm. I don't think I would have been able to, to hold my own as much as I can do now because mm. you put things into perspective you realize that they're judging you on the surface and I know there's a lot more to me than just what I look like yeah of course and so yeah I'm very very grateful that I'm able to distinguish between um you know a surface comment of oh we don't want to work with her mm. because of how I look mm. rather than oh we don't want to work with her because of who I am as a person yeah. But what do you say when you get a comment like that? You just have to laugh it off because, mm. again, like at the end of the day, you realise they don't know you. They just see you as, you know, what what they see straight away. And it is difficult, I think, in the industry as well. You get rejected so much. You get rejected 90% of the time, mm. um, 95 some, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you only see the 5% that I get. So mm. I might apply to loads of jobs do tons of castings and get like one mm. but that's all that people see and they think oh wow like it must be so easy and I'm like nope yeah. like you get rejected every single day and I think you understand that as a creative mm. that you get judged on your your art yeah and yeah it sounds a bit weird like when you say oh I'm judged on my art as mm. a model because mm. it, you kind of are because I am my my parents' art yeah. in a way. <laughs> oh, so, that's beautiful. Yeah, they're getting, they're always getting their art's always getting judged. Um, <laughs> the way that I model things always getting judged. So, yeah, it's um it's like things that you know you put your heart into, or there's more vulnerability there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you you build a tough skin. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I I I know what you're talking about. Like in terms of my art, like. Again, people only see what, the, you know, all the um, the yeses that I get, but, you know, the amount of emails that I send, uh, mm-hmm. most of them I don't even get a reply to, or, like, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll keep your details for the future. I'm like, yeah, sure. Literally. You just have to assume, okay, so they haven't replied and it's been a few weeks, so uh, I haven't got that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's exactly. how you find out. Mm. But we just keep writing and writing and writing yeah. and writing. I have got like a little, um, what's it called? The template that mm-hmm. I just like copy paste and then do some adjustments. Yeah. Because I'm just like, let me just bang this out. Just, yeah. just send them to so many people and then you might get one back. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you're lucky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh God, I know that feeling too well. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned a bit briefly now um, that you, you've been thinking about if, your model career took off because of Black Lives Matter. Mm. Is that th- something that you think a lot about, like in terms of um, the fashion industry or the beauty industry now? Or do you think that's an issue? Because um, I feel like it, it could go uh, either way. It's obviously, it's a big issue with uh, tokenism, and um, but then also it is really important with representation of various people mm. and I think it's just um, from where I'm sitting I feel like it's the intention behind it is it just for commercial purposes that they know that the brands know that this will sell mm. or is it actually um, them rethinking and doing the work and understanding the importance of representation so I would love to hear your 
opinion about this as yeah. well. Well, I think we have very similar opinions on this. I think that, um, yeah, I'm in a few mindsets. I think that it is the intention and mostly, you know, fundamentally the intention is to make money. And so if you are going to think on a fundamental basis, then no, like it's not, it's not looking out for the people. It's thinking, okay, right now this is fashionable or right now people are trying, you know, starting to be aware of different races, ethnicities, genders, religions, sexualities. Let's get that in our marketing because yeah. that will sell. Mm. Like before it was, oh, people want to aspire to be really slim and tall and have abs and all this stuff. Mm. And so that's what they would put in advertising. But now they realize, oh, that's not gonna sell. So we have to do something that is more relatable. Mm. Um, so yeah, if I was gonna say fundamentally, I think that no, the, the intention can never be, um, can never be like so kind of ethical or so like, what's the word? Um, it can never be justified as as having like good intention mm. when they um, when they do this, especially the big corporate companies who, yeah, they might put a brown person in their advert or a black person, whatever. But then if you look at the root of where their product comes from, it's like there's child labor involved yeah, in like yeah. Africa or Asia or whatever. And so <laughs> that's the thing that it makes me laugh, mm. not in a, like, just in a way that you're like, how how can we just watch that, see, oh, there's a brown person, we feel represented, but then if you root, go to the root of it, we're not really, mm, mm. It, we're still suffering. Um, I do think, however, it does make an impact as, it, I think about it in a way that I will do what I can in my my, my bubble, my sphere, what I can do. And if me being in an advert can, you know, a little girl can see that or whoever yeah. and go, oh, wow, like th that looks like me or mm. like my hair looks like that or whatever, like something that means that they can relate to what they're yeah. seeing, then it means that they are given more confidence to to be in that world or to aspire to, to do what they want to do. Um, and I remember myself, I never saw anyone with my hair when mm. I was younger. Um, when I'd see people in adverts that were mixed race, they would always have straight hair, um, or you wouldn't even know they were mixed race because they would kind of like change them or make them look like very Eurocentric, very like more white. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I I also think that there's an issue because yes, although I'm um, I'm in these adverts and I work in this world, it's like sometimes I'm the darkest person that. And mm. I, at the end of the day, I still am, I, I identify as black, but I still am mixed race. Mm. And so I still have that heritage that means that I'm in closer proximity to whiteness, um, which makes me more palatable. Mm. And also, like, I don't know if you've seen adverts recently, but mixed race girls are everywhere on adverts. Mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's crazy, like, um, how, how that's happened. and. Part of me thinks, yeah, I'm in fashion, but the other part of me thinks, well, you know, if they're gonna give me money for this, it's like, I'm consciously knowing that they're using me, but I'm also using them because I need to pay my bills. Yeah. And also, if I get the money from this, then I can invest it and actually do what I want to do, which yeah. is exhibitions that help um, promote black, um, black women and women of color's art. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that's my... Um, my take on advertising at the moment. <laughs> mm. 
I, I love that you said that you you are using them just as much as they are using you. <laughs> um, but also thinking about like representation, I know you've spoken about this before. The uh, I'm thinking about the um, Sainsbury's Christmas ad mm. in December and um, how much comments it got, like a lot of negative comments, but also positive because people could finally relate. Mm. Uh, to that advert and you've spoken a lot about um, Black Lives Matter uh, when it um, kind of was reborn uh, last summer so you educate mainly white people I'd say um, on how to be better allies so for example what books to read I know you had a video about that Um, but then I'm also thinking that a lot of uh, black people said it's not on us it's you you know there's all the resources out there black people have been loud for centuries it's not our job to mm. educate anymore um so what are your thoughts on that because you decided to actually create these educational videos yeah what made you do that i think that it is because of my close proximity to whiteness like half of my family are white like my mum's side are from liverpool um and there'll be certain comments and things that they would say when you know when I would go up north to see them that they wouldn't know because they've not been exposed to um you know black people as much perhaps or if they have then there's not been so many that they're they're questioned about their actions mm. and i i almost sympathize with that because i realize that a lot of the time you are a product of your system or, mm. of your product of your environment sorry mm. Um, and so there is only so much you can learn um, within within your kind of your sphere um, you can google things yeah of course and I think in one of my videos I probably say you should google it uh, but I think at that point I was at this you know I was at the point where I was like I have the energy to explain these things and I also want to make this more accessible to people um, and I know that people are more likely to watch me um, because I'm a bit more relatable to them or in closer proximity to them mm-hmm. um, because I, I know uh, there was another girl who was making um, videos and she was darker skinned and it it felt like she wasn't getting as much traction really yeah just and I, I could see that and it's like well she's putting this work in and mm-hmm. I know that she's not going to have as many people watching it because perhaps there, yeah, there are audiences that are more mm. open to seeing yeah. her, but then there are also people who just haven't been exposed to that and <clears throat> it's a new world, which is, is weird to think because I'm from London and half my family are black as well. And so it's like, that's so weird that people don't just see you know, a human speaking things. It's what they're more comfortable with. So yeah, yeah that's also one of the reasons why I started. Do you know this other girl? I can't remember her, her username. No. I don't want to. Yeah. No, of course. Hmm. Yeah, that. It's just yeah. Again, we are in this bubble. Um, you know, in London, but then you do realise that it looks completely different elsewhere, and um, how many different opinions are out there, unfortunately. Mm. But what kind of reactions did you get from your videos? It was a lot of people thanking me. Mm. Um, for for doing them. Um. There were like a few questions, more questions that I got. Uh, some of them were a little bit tiring, um, so I did choose not to answer them. It'd be mm. like in the DMs, um, 
And so could you just explain with your own words what it is you're talking about, just to make sure that everyone is... Oh, okay, yeah, sure. So, um, as in um, what I spoke about in the videos. Yeah, because there was quite a few different ones. You had different yeah. topics in every video. Yeah, so in the videos that I did, it was quite, you know, simple ways to integrate um, Black Lives Matter into your everyday life and um, things that you should you know, you should uh, think about or you shouldn't say or um, like different videos on, uh, like I did one on the Sainsbury's advert that came out that there was a black family and there was uproar about that. So a lot of um, videos to do with, yeah, black people and how how we can understand um, the lived experiences of yeah. black people and just be better humans mm. um, and also I went at the angle of giving questions rather than uh, just telling you what you should do in some of mm, the videos mm. yeah just really because yeah, yeah I think that we underestimate um, not only do like ed people educating underestimate others intelligence but we underestimate our own intelligence and we feel like we should be spoon-fed information yeah but if you just ask the right questions and get someone to think about things, then most of the time they do come up with the right answers if they're open to it enough. Mm. So that's that's the angle that I went at. Yeah, definitely. It's so good that you had quite a lot of people who viewed it that normally wouldn't necessarily. Yeah. Because uh, I feel like that was your aim. Just listen to you now that you wanted... Um, to educate those people and you spoke about your family in Liverpool and how, how you would talk to them maybe so having that in mind as well mm. I think that's super powerful um, but you also briefly man mentioned now your artist group and how you you know you, you both do um, videography and photography yourself but also mm. you you create this safe space for other uh, black women and women of colour uh, to exhibit their work so just tell us all about it please. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. so I have a platform called Atarado which is a um, platform exi exhibiting um, art by black women and women of colour because I was looking at the statistics of uh, these women in art galleries and commercial art galleries as well and it was ridiculously small like mm. it um, it was really really small and it wasn't even proportional to the population which was really concerning to me I think it was like in American gal galleries it was like um, hardly any women mm. and the percentage that were of colour it was like Asian like East Asian mm -hmm. so yeah I was like this is a problem yeah. and I want to try and solve it in any way that I can uh, the thing with the art world is there is uh, there are definitely gatekeepers. I mm. find that because of it's quite elite, mm. um, yeah, it's very hard to get in. Yeah. yeah, so that's why I created Atarodo because I wanted to just have a platform where I make it and I run it, and it just means there's a space where if you've never done an exhibition before, or you just want to have your art seen for for what it is. Because I find that often if there is like a you know token black artist or brown artist in in an art gallery space automatically their work is is feminist mm. or it's um you know about their race um but yeah those things are definitely integrated in naturally because mm. they've made the art but i just wanted it to be like okay so all these women are from you know 
minority backgrounds and all these women are women mm. like now you can look at the art knowing that but now try and look at other things within the art maybe they wanted to show you something else yeah so definitely this made me also think about like i listened to a podcast the other day um great women artists Ooh, okay. um with uh gorilla girls oh yes. um, yeah, yeah so um there was like the two um Two, two of the founders were there and they've been doing it for like 35 years mm. and you know also questioning especially in America uh, the representation of both women and women of colour mm. and it is it's it's crazy it's absolutely insane yeah. um, and I, I really admire you for you know identifying the problem how difficult it is to get into exhibitions but instead of just being you know uh, negative about it or not really knowing how what to do next you actually created this space yourself mm. which is really cool and you, you did manage to have an exhibition and you I mean you're probably planning to have more I assume yes I mean I've been stopped a few times because of covid mm. um but yeah I had my first exhibition back at the beginning of 2020 in January mm. and I remember when I um went to get the space she was like oh well um we'll give you this space for a discount because January the first week usually people don't want to go out and uh. they're you know they're tired because they've been celebrating Christmas and New Year mm. and I think that's one of the most packed she's ever seen that place really it was jam-packed people were standing at the door like it was probably one of the best nights of my life so and cool yeah I'm so 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 grateful um, that that was the reception for the first mm. one and so it makes me very confident the next ones yeah. when they do happen but yeah um how COVID many artists me. were there there were 13 i think wow. um and then we had 12 performers it was either yeah i think 13 or 12 there were 25 artists in mm -hmm. general so there were uh we had comedians uh poets singers um and then we had the art on the walls photographers and i just put yeah, put that on the walls and then had a night where we had performances mm. as well from those women too. That's so cool. So, If there are anyone listening to this now how, if and they want to get involved, mm. how can they reach out to you? So um, if you want to get involved with Atorodo, you can email. So hello at atorodolondon.com or um, DM on Instagram. We've got uh, atorodolondon. Uh, at the moment, I'm currently in the uh, planning stages of trying to get an exhibition okay. uh, going. Um, might collaborate with someone else because um, I think that that would really help too. Um, but if you even want your work to be featured on our page, because mm. that's something that I need to get back into is the social media, because <laughs> I find that the modelling has taken over um, as the full-time work. And so I found it really difficult to uh, keep up with putting stuff on Atorodo, but that's always been the passion. But yeah, my social media um, is a little bit slow. So it would actually help me if mm. uh, I was to get more emails like, can I just put this on your page? I'd be yeah. like, please, <laughs> please do. Mm. <laughs> so that is how you can get involved. Perfect, I'll put uh, a link in the show notes as well. Amazing. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I really, it's something that I've been thinking about quite a lot recently, you know, the, um, 
the power in collaborating with other mm. people because yeah. as an artist you can get really lonely as well and I just personally feel like if you have more people involved you get new perspectives and new ideas and you will just create even better things together. For sure and I think that you all fuel each other and you uplift each other because you know where you're coming from mm. uh, whereas if it's like you alone and you're facing like you know maybe a big company or something it's not going to have that same effect. Mm. Whereas, yeah, it, it does create that community. Yeah, definitely. But in terms of your own artwork, do you have anything you're working on right now? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had this question asked to me at my first exhibition. They were like, oh, you do photography. Why don't you post put something mm. on the walls? And I was like, I don't want to put my own stuff on an exhibition that I'm curating because then I feel like, oh, either, you know, I'll put something on the space in the wall and they'll be like, oh, she put it in the best space. Or like, okay. I can put my thing on the floor and they would be like, well, she's done that because uh, it stands out on the floor. <laughs> like, I, I feel like I just, I wanted to concentrate on the curation and mm-hmm. um, not take uh, anything away from the artist. Yeah. Uh, in terms of photography, though, that's something as well that I really want to get back into. I, mm. I started um, a project back, uh, when was it? I think it was in my final year of university. And it was the post-colonial subject, and I photographed my dad first, and um, then I just didn't continue it. Mm. And um, I think it was when my camera lenses got stolen, yeah. I kind of felt very like disconnected from photography, and I was like, oh, like I have to buy all these lenses again, mm. and uh, so that put me off a bit. Um, but I really do want to get back into it mm. and uh, show. Yeah, show the world that I have another another aspect of my creative yeah, of possibility. Course. I think that sounds like a really interesting project because you know the projects that are really personal. That's mm. the, you know the most emotional, I think. Mm. And I tried that last year. I actually, took photos of my mum for the first time, and it does something with the dynamic when you mm. take photos of your parents. Yeah. Um, so I, you know. Uh, not just the end result, but I think for you as well, it must be really interesting, you know, the process itself to to take those photos. Oh, for sure, yeah. And you, you kind of put your... I put my dad in a different light mm. as well. And, yeah, seeing him as his art is really, yeah, really interesting. I'd love to continue the, the project, definitely. It was How long ago has it been now? It's been a while. <laughs> I'll get back on it. Yeah. I mean, you did... A post on social media the other day exactly what you said now that you want to show uh, other sides of yourself not just a model mm. career and I think a lot of people would be interested in that as well yeah I think I, I definitely got lost in my work over the past uh, probably nearly a year I'd mm. say I look back at myself during uh, the first lockdown and during June July like those summers and I saw someone who was a lot more open and um, showed more aspects of their life and I just want to get back to that because it feels more authentic to me and I understand like you're posting things on social media it's always going to be for others to see mm. um, and so there's always an element of showing you the best parts of my life which yeah I, I will because mm. that's what I want to do yeah um, but yeah I just want to be more uh, it sounds weird but accessible Mm because I find that I've had uh, messages from people and it felt like I'm like a celebrity in a way which has been very strange for me yeah um because 
I don't see myself on any pedestal mm. at all. Mm. Um, I just think that my circumstances combined with my my drive and my effort have meant that I'm able to, to be in the place that I am today. Mm. Um, but it's not without the, you know, the lows and the, um, the things that aren't so modelly too. Mm. Mm. I am... Um... Yeah, going back to the post that you wrote about, you know, um, changing things up a bit on your social media, I really liked that you were so honest about, yeah, this is just me, uh, you know, on, out shopping or whatever, but of course I chose the best photo myself. And, that. <laughs> and that's so true. It feels like that explains the, the world we live in right now, because sometimes I... I feel like that myself, that I never put out on social media if I'm struggling or, you know, what we talked about earlier, that I, I never write about the no's I get from different companies. Mm. Um, but it, it is really valuable because when I see other people do that, it means a lot yeah. to, to have someone saying that as well. So I think I need to get better at that as well and be more authentic. As it takes say. a lot. Yeah. yeah, I think that there are more people showing those sides of themselves um, it's still always going to have some element of, of tailoring, of curation, because you'll only share what you want to share. Um, but it does make it a little bit more realistic. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, I do go on Instagram and I, I like to go on it to, to see people being happy and everything. Um, but I don't want people to also forget that everyone's human. And mm -hmm. like, we can have that in the back of our head and know that, oh, yeah, everyone's human. They probably have bad sides to their life and things like that. But if you're just seeing the good stuff, sometimes you forget yeah. that there's also the not so good stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I just sit here and I'm thinking, I mean, you did mention it a bit in the beginning that you've actually, you worked a lot on yourself in the beginning of the lockdown and it feels like you're a very confident person. And obviously women in my generation is a lot about women talking about their body image, but also how can we prevent the younger generations from struggling with their self-esteem or people our age who are still struggling? Do you have any advice on mm. how to improve your relationship with your body? I would say, uh, one, don't get into a relationship until you have a healthy relationship with your body because you could potentially um, rely on the other person to affirm you or you might also the opposite might happen where they might make comments on you and how you look and because they make those comments and judgments you are you're not able to see yourself in a great way like if they say negative things you're going to be like oh well yeah maybe my body is like this mm -hmm. um i also think that it's important like for for us, I know that it's, it's difficult, but the people who do have that kind of body confidence to to just post or to just be themselves and to to see, to have other people see themselves just, just doing that and like you know, posting things that don't have filters on them and um, just just little things like that make differences. If, if you see someone and they don't have like, tons of makeup on and they're just themselves it can also encourage you to be like oh well i can look beautiful just without having anything on too yeah definitely it doesn't mean like you makeup is bad you know it can enhance things yeah, that course. you like and mm. you can be super creative but like it it depends on the reasons that you use it mm. as well yeah 
Like, yeah, 100%. We were just way too harsh on ourselves. We would never talk to other people the way we talk to ourselves sometimes. Yeah, like, that's another thing that leads me on to another point is, like, speak to yourself like you're your friend and not your enemy. Mm. Like, if you have... Uh, just say that you were your best friend, like, if you saw it on the outside. Like, how would you speak to your best friend? You wouldn't say, oh, like, you've got so many roles here or you need a, a toned stomach. <laughs> Imagine. Or, yeah, like... <laughs> Cut them out of your life completely. Literally, yeah. yeah. And so imagine you're then saying that to yourself. That's not... No, that's mm. not right. No. So I think, yeah, see yourself as your best friend rather than, like, your worst enemy. Definitely. I think that's a wonderful way to end this conversation. Yeah. So thank you so much for taking part. I really enjoyed hearing all your different opinions and your perspective on everything. Oh, thanks for having me yeah, as thank well. You. My pleasure. <laughs> Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.